Okay, let's uh, let's get started with Parshas. Let's get started with Parshas Vayeshev. Um, Torah starts off again tonight. We'll be uh, we'll touch on Hanukkah a little bit, but uh, really it will be a uh, Vayeshev shir. Next week, Beis uh, Hashem will do Mikates and maybe connected to uh, to somewhat to Hanukkah as well. But again, the Hanukkah shir will be on Shabbos. I'm sorry it won't be online for those out there, but. Uh, but Od Chazon Lamoed. Okay, so the Torah, star, the Parsha starts off. Vayeshev Yaakov Beretz Megurei Aviv Beretz Kenan. Yaakov lived um, in Eretz Kenan. He lived there. Ela told us Yaakov Yosef Ben Shvasu Shana. Of course, Yosef and his uh, his brothers. Uh, this is the story of the beginning of the Galus. Uh, Yaakov or Yisrael, as he's called, loving Yosef more than all the rest of his sons, giving him the Ksonas Pasim, and the story of Mechiras Yosef, which we will uh, will come to soon. But just uh, first pick one Pasuk, Pasuk Gimel, Perak Lamazayan Pasuk Gimel, says the Torah, V'Yisrael Ahavis Yosef Mikol Banav, Ki Ben Zekunim Hulo. Yaakov Avinu loved Yosef more than any other of his other children because he was a Ben Zekunim. He was a Ben Zekunim. What exactly does a Ben Zekunim mean? So we know what people say a Ben Zekunim means, but what does a Ben Zekunim mean? So I gave you on the, on the, on the sheet, I think five different Shatim, what Ben Zekunim means. We'll see one of them. Each of them are, are giving us messages. One of them we discussed already in a previous year. Let's see. Rashi starts off. Ben Zakunim, source number one. Shanola Lezik Nuso. We usually uh, understand it that a, a child born in his old age. Shanola Lezik Nuso. Number one. Uncleus Tirgeim. Rashi then quotes Uncleus. Barchakim Hule. He is the wise son. The Gemara says, Ein Zakain Elamisha Kanachachma. So Ben Zakunim, Zakunim, Rashi's first shot, Rashi's first shot is that Zakunim is going on Yaakov, that Yaakov was old when he had, when he had uh, Yosef. But the second shot is that, no, it's talking about Yosef. Ben Zakunim, he was a Ben who was a Zakain, who was a Chacham. And everything that Yaakov learned from Shem Be'ever, he gave to Yosef, who was the one who was a Chacham, and that's what we discussed a couple weeks ago in Parshat Vayetzeh, what is the Torah of Shem Be'ever, uh, why specifically did, did Yosef get it? Okay, but that is, that's Rashi and Unklus. The question, though, that is asked on Rashi's shot, Rashi's first shot, was Ben Zakunim. He was the, the Ben Zakunim. There was a son younger than Yosef. So if you really want to say he was an old man when he had Yosef, what about Binyamin? What about Binyamin? He was even more of a Ben Zakunim. More of a Ben Zakunim. So why is Yosef called the Ben Zakunim and not, and not Binyamin? So that's why there are other Pshatim that are given by the other Rishonim. The, the Abedezer says they were both Ben Zakunim. Not such a big deal. So that's the the pshuta in source number two. Gamkin achiv binyamin karuv yelo zakunim. Quotes a pasuk. Not the ben zakunim, but the it's referred to. He's also referred to as zakunim. But there are other there are other pshatim uh, as well. I'll give you the rashbam in source number three. It says maybe it was binyamin was just a later. He was a different category. There were the eleven brothers, and then there was binyamin. So out of the eleven, the set of eleven born in Chutzlaretz. So those, Binyamin was born in Eretz Yisrael. But out of the 11 born of Chutzlaretz, so he was the Ben Zakunim to that. But I'd like to focus for a minute on the Ramban and especially the Chizkuni. What is Ben Zakunim, says the Ramban, after quoting Rashi, where it's underlined in source number four. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with this. Right, the Pasuk says that he loved Yosef because he was a Ben Zakunim. And really, all of his sons, there wasn't so much time from the time Reuven was born to the time Yosef was born. How much? I mean, the uh, well, he was right, he was married to six years and six years, and he was only away for twi- he was away for you know he worked first for uh, six years. How much time altogether from the beginning to for the Reuven to? So I have to look it up. I don't exactly remember. But there are a number of years, a number of years, he said. I don't think it was uh, more than uh, a few years. Oh, he says, he quotes, Not from Ruvain, but at least the previous sons, Yisachar and Zvulin, the last two sons of Leah, were one or two years older than Yosef. So it wasn't such a Ben Zakunim. You usually have a 10-year gap. You know, you have siblings who are 10 years in between. That's a Ben Zakunim, Seth Ramban. And that's why he loved him. So Seth Ramban, Vahanira Be'enai, Kiminag Hazakainim, Sheyikhu Echan Mibnei Maktanim, Liosimola Sharso. What a Ben Zakunim means? It means that it was the minhag of elders to take one of their children to be mishamishim. Right? We know like Gedolim, have, uh, older rabbis have, have a shamish. Mishamish the Rav. So he was mishamish the Gadol Hadar, happens to be his father. 
Right, so that that's who took care of him in his old age. Vuhu nishan al yado tamid lo yiparad mimenu, and that's who he leaned on. Vuhu nikra lo benzekunav ba'avershi yisharsu lizkunav. Yosef was his special ser- servicer as he got older. Vini locha chaz Yosef l'davar azeva haye imo tamid. Yosef already at the beginning of the parsha has a special relationship with Yaakov Avinu. He was the ben zakunim, meaning he chose him. He was the one that the other brothers were out in the fields. They were they were uh, busy with other other um, pursuits. But Yosef Atzadik, he was the one that was chosen by by the um, by by Yaakov Avinu. But then we have a chizkuni, which really shows the human side of the avos. The human side. Remember, they're they're human beings. Again, it's see what he says, but. He asked the question on, on Rashi. Vim Toma, Vahari Binyam and Benzakunim. Binyam is even more of a Benzakunim. So why, what makes him a Benzakunim? Why Yosef? Says the Chizkuni. Again, we have to remember the Chizkuni is one of the Rishonim. Ela ain ahavas binyam in kshur belibo shal Yaakov, ka ahavaso shal Yosef. Why? Lefisha kishe yaldaso imo mesa. Because Rachel died in childbirth when Binyamin was born. And of course, Yaakov Avinu loved all of his wives, but obviously Rachel, he was, was his special wife, and because Rachel died while Binyamin was born, he can never shake it. He can never shake that. Obviously, he loved Binyamin. He loved, right? We read later on in the Torah, you're going to take Binyamin from me too? Right? He was special, but he didn't let Binyamin go down to Mitzrayim. So Binyamin was special. But you see the, humans, the human element in the relationship between Yaakov and, and Rachel, because Binyamin died while Rachel was when um, Rachel died when Binyamin was born. So that affected that affected the relationship. It kept Yosef somewhat in, more endeared to his heart than Binyamin was. Ben Zakuni. So that's one shot. We start off with a couple of different shot. Them how that we showed him read understand one phrase in the Torah. Okay, so now let's learn. We said we, we alluded to a Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky that we mentioned a few weeks ago. Let's learn another Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky as well in source number six. Says the Emes Liyakov, Skipping now in the Torah, we know that the brothers decided after Yosef was sent to Shechem, which hopefully we'll get back to. We can l- read the uh, read the pasuk for a minute. Lamezayin, skipping down, Chafalif. First, the brothers decided. They see him from afar. They decide to kill him. Interesting to see the the uh, thought process of the Shvatim. Before he comes, they decide we're going to kill him. Oh, the man of dreams is coming. The man of dreams. Let's kill him. And we'll throw him into one of the pits. We'll say a wild animal ate him. Let's see what happens to his to his dreams. Again, sarcasm in the Torah. Sometimes you have sarcasm and Tanah, sarcasm in the Torah. V'nira ba'yuh chalamosav. Va'yishma Ruvain va'yatzilehu miyadam. Ruvain stands up here and saves him. V'yomer lo nakenu nefesh, we cannot kill him. Ruvain the Bechar stands up and says we cannot kill him. V'yomer le'am Ruvain tishmechu dam, ashlichos olabar azeh. Don't kill him, throw him to the pit, into the pit. V'yad al tishlechu ba. Don't touch him. We'll get back to that Pasuk Be'ez Hashem in a, in a little bit. But Ruvain saves him. Says a medrash that might be familiar to you in that in the Yalkut Shimoni that the Rabbi Yaakov quotes here. Mm-hmm. Source number six. You know what the Torah is teaching us? When a person does a mitzvah, you have to do it with a full heart. A full heart of simcha. If Ruvain had known, if Reuben would have known that the Torah would record, Reuben heard and he saved him, he would have put Yosef on his shoulders and taken him back to his father. If Reuben had known that what he, would have, what he did, that he, he, instead of killing him, he threw him into the pit, if he would have known that, he would have taken him back on his shoulders. And, number two, Elu haya Aaron yodeya. Had Aaron Akoi known, Shakarish Parachu Koseva Lafine, he was Yotele Krasecha, Repasik Parsha Shmos, where Moshe Rabbeinu was told that he's going to be the leader of the people, and he says, Kodesh Baruch, I'm going to be the leader. Aaron Akoi has been a Navi for longer than me. I'm going to be the leader. I have a stutter. Aaron Akoi, he's the one. He's going to be upset. He's going to be jealous. My older brother. 
Kodesh Baruch Hu says, don't worry about it. He's going to go to you and he's going to be happy for you. He's going to be happy. Shevis Achim Gav Yachtav, says the Medrash. So if Aaron would have known that that was, would have been recorded, he would have made a parade for Moshe Rabbeinu. He would have gotten Tupim and Mecholos. He would have gotten musical instruments. And number three, if Boaz would have known if he knew it would have been recorded in Sefer Rus the chesed that he did for Rus he would have done even more he would have done even more what's the message of this Madrash? what's the message of the Madrash? What if he would have oh Aaron Cohen is so interested in the COVID interested in, in, the, in the honor and and and, uh, and Ruvain, if he would have known, if I would have known, it would have been on the front page. I would have done so much more. I would have done so much more. I, I thought it was just a little. I, if I knew the press would get it, it would be recorded. The Torah generations, I, he would have done far more. But that's what they were interested in the uh, interested in the in the covet, in the credit. So what exactly is, is the me- message of the Medrus? And the Medrus even continues. In the olden days, a person did a mitzvah. The olden days, in the times of Tanakh. A person did a mitzvah and the Nevi'im recorded it. The Nevi'im. Moshe Rabbeinu being the Adon HaNevi'im and then everybody afterwards. Nowadays there are no Nevi'im. There are no, there's no more Tanakh to be written. So who writes it? Eliyahu u'mashiach v'hakadosh baruch hu choseng. Eliyahu u'mashiach v'hakadosh baruch hu. Hadahu d'chsiv az nidbru v'chulu ad kalashon ha-medrash. So again, what, what's the, that's the last line of the medrash. It used to be that Right, there was a person in mitzvah who was recorded, and nowadays the Kodesh Baruch Hu takes care of it. So, what exactly is going on here? What is the message of Aaron and Ruvain and Boaz? Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, and in one line, the message he's going to say is, "We don't realize the godless of everything we do. There is nothing that a Jew does that is small." And if we shouldn't look at anything that we do as small or trivial, because every little act that a Jew does is special and unique and has cosmic results and cosmic effects. Says Rabbi Yaakov, on the bottom, They didn't they knew they were doing a mitzvah, but they didn't realize the uh, the the quality of the mitzvah that they were doing. Ruvain didn't realize that he's what he's going to do is, is going to be he's going to stand up for Yosef. He thinks he's just saving his brother. He's sticking up for his younger brother. If he would have done a little more, he would have saved. They wouldn't have gone down into Galus. Yosef wouldn't have been sold. If I knew what I was, if I knew the the effects of my little mitzvah, I would have done so much more. Because look what I accomplished now. He wasn't killed, which is amazing. If Yosef would have been killed, so he saved Yosef. But if he would have done a little more, would have appreciated what what his act means, that he could have saved the entire Galus. Shouldn't that question be asked on the other ten? The other ten, but the other ten didn't have this this moment of inspiration. Also, Yitzias Mitzrayim and Boaz. Boaz, what's the Boaz is the whole discussion and the whole uh, story of Boaz is written there to get to the last Pesukim in Rus. David Amelech. Vahalala line four in the next column. All the players involved in these stories did not realize the significance of that time in history. Of what they were doing, they didn't realize it would be recorded in the Torah in Tanakh. This this is going to be the the model for generations to follow. history who also the outside they would have done so much more. If they would have realized that what they were doing was writing Torah, their stories, this was going to be the blueprint for history forever, they would have done unbelievable. They would have done even more. They did great. They would have done even more. Now we get to the end of the Medrash. What does the end of the Medrash say? It used to be in the olden days, a Navi wrote it down. What is happening now? Mashiach and Eliyahu are writing it down. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is being hosting. What does that mean? We're each writing our own Sefer Tanakh. 
we are each writing our Houghton history book that's going to be learned and studied. Who am I? What am I doing? What am I doing? What's the gavos of my actions? So I do a mitzvah, I do a chesed, I'm achnus arachim. Lokein hadavr, it's not true. Kol maise tov shal Yehudi, hu inyan shal chativas asida shal yadus. Every act that a Jew does has tremendous effects for the future of Judaism. Ach el yo mashiach asukin beksiva v'akadosh baruch hu choseim. The future of the Jewish people is dependent on every one of my actions. We mentioned in the past, Rav Cook has a beautiful thought on what we say in the Yom Kippur Shmona Esrei. Right, we say at the end of the Shmon Asrei. Says Rav Kook, What does that mean? Before I was born, wasn't appropriate. What does that mean? Before the moment in history that I was born, I didn't have a purpose in life. HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't make me born in the 1800s. I wasn't supposed to be alive in the time of Rabbi Kivager. I wasn't. I didn't have a tachlis to live in the time of Rabbi Yosef Cairo. I didn't have a purpose in life. I didn't. I wasn't supposed to be the Eved Hashem in the year fourteen hundred. But I was tafka put in the world at the moment that I was born to fulfill a specific tafkid. So on Yom Kippur we say Now that I was put here for my tachlis, I haven't fulfilled it. But the positive is that each of us in our own life, in our own world, in our own profession, wherever we are, we have a specific tachlis, to be a Kedushim Shemayim, to be an Eved Hashem. And that's all being recorded. It's all being recorded. We're all writing it. And we have to realize the gallus of our actions. Every little act that we do is not a little act. So anyone came to the Chazanish and said, Yeshli Sheila Katan. He says, Ain't Sheila Katan Batorah. So there's, no, there's no small question. You have a question? You have a question. There's no, there's no small question. But again, there's no small action. There's no small action. Every little act that we do has tremendous ramifications for now and for future. And for future. And that's even what Chaim Ivelajan writes in one place also. That the, um, the Ramah says that not only are, is, are the Chaim judged every Yom Kippur, but the Mesim are also judged every Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So the question is, the Mesim finished. You know, somebody died 20 years ago. What are they being judged for? You know, they've already been judged. So Chaim Velazhin says, no, because the effects of a person's life continue. If a person brings, brings, brings up a, a family, B'derach Torah and Mitzvot, if a person is Makari of another Jew who eventually gets married to another Jew and they have a family and, they, and, they, and he becomes a Rebbe and he, and he teaches, it's just unbelievable. So every year, reward can be accrued. Every year there are more Zechuyos and there are more Zechuyos because every little thing that a per, every, every little Mitzvah that we do, every little Hashpah that we have on a fellow Jew is, is just infinite. That's why it's every year. And that's what we have to say. If he would have known, not if he would have known he's interested in the credit, if he would have realized that he's writing his own Sefer Torah, his life is going to be a Sefer Torah, he would have gone even above and beyond. So Ruvain saves him. He throws him into the pit. So, question that is asked by many. That was such a salvation. Let's not kill him. Let's throw him into the pit. What was in that pit? Was there a hotel in that pit? Is it a nice, uh, nice avira? So we all know the Gemara and Shabbos, top of the top of the page, source seven. Fahabarik, in Bomayim. That's what the Pesach says. The bar was empty, no water. There was no water. Since it says the bar was empty, of course I know there was no water. What is it emphasizing? It was empty. There was no water because it was only empty from water. But they had snakes and scorpions. Kashi, was this a Hatzalah? The Gemara says at the end of Yavamas, if somebody gets thrown into a pit with snakes and scorpions, you could say that you could tell their wife to remarry. I mean, we don't assume that people survive snakes and scorpions. So, what kind of Hatzalah? Let's not kill them. Let's throw them into the snakes and the scorpions. What kind of Hatzalah is that? Question A. Question B is... Okay, we have to say one thought about Hanukkah because Hanukkah starts before our next year. The previous line in the Gemara, or the, I'm sorry, the next line, in the previous and the next line in the Gemara, talk about Hanukkah. Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana, excellent. This is Rav Kahana too, right? Right. This uh, in the Gemara. In the Gemara, it's Amar of Kahana, Darash Rav Nassim Barmiyomi, starts off. Uh, but the Gemara in Shabbos Chavbez, the previous line, Ner Shel Hanukkah Shini Chalamal Mechav Amab Sula, Kesuko Kumavui. 
a nair of Hanukkah that you leave, that you light 20 amos, about 30 to 40 feet off the ground is possible. Too high, too high. It's too high. Right, big question. What about apartment buildings? You know, does it go off the ground? Did you go off your own floor? So, we pass in the ladder. But, Lamal, uh, you can't leave him. Then, right after that, you have to give about Yosef Atzadik. Then you go back to Hanukkah. So, Mahakesha between Hanukkah and this, this line of Abar Reik in Bomai. Those are the two questions. Says the Torah Tamima. Says the Torah Tamima. Baruch Alevi Epstein. Source number eight. Fitzarach Lomar. What you have to say to answer the first question is that Reuben didn't know. It says, You have to say Reuben didn't know. Because if he knew about it, it wasn't a Hatzalah. You have to say it was a deep pit. He didn't see what was down there. Right? He didn't know. He thought he would throw him into the pit, go take care of his father, come back, and then take him back. Even the brothers, says the Torah to me, probably didn't know. Because if they saw him go down there and he wasn't killed, which is a, a nace, nigla, it was a miraculous event, they would have realized who he's starting up with. Yosef? Who he's starting up with? They wouldn't have sold him. If he would have, he would save a snake of scorpions, they would have said, we're not starting up with this guy. Right? He's our younger brother. We don't like him, but we're not going to start up with him. I'm going to spread with him. Even Nebuchadnezzar, who was a total Russia, by Yisrishon. Becholze, still, Acharei Sheral, Hanani Mishol Vazarya. Once he saw Hanani Mishol Vazarya, Shanid Solo Mikivshanaish, they were saved from the fiery furnace. Hero Chuba Belibo. He thought, wow, Kodeshbarachu. Even for a moment. The Kolshagim Ben Yaakov. So he must not have seen. He must not have realized. How do you know? Where in the Torah is it Marumaz that Ruvain didn't know? Look back at the Psukim for a minute. Look back at the Psukim. What does the Pasuk say? Let's not kill him. Pasuk Chavbeis. Vayomer Aleihem Aruvain Atishvachudam Hashlichu Oso El Haborazeh. Throw him into the pit. Asher by Midbar in the desert. Viyana Tishlachubo. Lashon Hashlacha. That verb Hashlacha is found elsewhere in the Torah. Says the Torah Tamima. The verb Hashlacha is found when you throw a certain part of a carbon far from the Mizbeach, where you have to pile it. So you have to throw it a distance. It says, Vayashlichu there. And Chazal say, In Meseches Midos, continue. The end of line, in Meseches Tamid, I'm sorry. Let's, continue, let's, let's go straight. It's not a pella. They didn't see what was on the pit. was down in the pit. Meseches Tamid is a little Mesechta. At the end of Seder Kachim. Meseches Tamid, what did it say? De'ein hashlacha pachos me'esrim ama. Vayashlichu always means... 20 amos or more. It's a learn that from a Pasuk in Chumash by, uh, I think it's by the Olas Ha'of, the Chathas Ha'of. The Kandach said, Vayashlichu. It says they threw him. Hashlacha, that verb. 20 amos. You don't see beyond 20 amos. How do you know that you don't see beyond 20 amos? Chanukah. Same reason. Chanukah above 20 amos, a uh, Chanukiah above 20 amos, or it's called the Menorah in Chuslaris. The, uh, right? You don't see above there. Next story, next line in the Gemara of Abar Reiki and Bobayim, because the bar must have been 20 hours, and that's how Ruvain didn't realize. Person's eye is not sholet on above 20 or below 20. Says that's, that's the Smichos Aparshios and the same Amora, Rav Kahana, who says both, both uh, statements in the Gemara, line 18, V'yishlomer od mishum detam shneem shaveh. Once we know that, and that's why they didn't know that he was that he was saved. Point number one on Vaitiasi Leo Miyadam, the Torah Tamima. Focus on one verb. How Posig knows one verb, Mafari knows one word in the Torah. We appreciate where it is elsewhere. There is, I'll just mention it, I'll mention the next source with one connecting source. It's really food for thought. It's a very difficult source. Meant much of what we believe in is against it, but it's fascinating. Another shot of why would this was a Hatsala? Why was it a Hatsala? You know, it wasn't a Hatsala. He threw him into the pit with snakes and scorpions. It says the Arachayim HaKadosh. Source 9. Next to where we're up to. Pirish. 
What's the difference between killing him and throwing him into a pit with snakes and scorpions? Lefisha ha'adam ba'al bechira v'ratzon. A person is a has bechira chashis. V'yachol laharog mi shalom nischayev misa. Says the Arachayim Hakadosh, it's possible for Ruvain to kill Shimon, even though Shimon wasn't really chayev misa. Masha'ain kain why? Because Ruvain has bechira chashis. Masha'ain kain chayos raos. Animals don't have bechira chashis. And therefore, lo yifku ba'adam im lo yischayiv misa l'shamayim. An animal can't touch a person unless he was chayiv misa, because an animal does not have bechira. An animal can only be a shliach l'shem. V'hu amro, and that's what it means by yasileo miyadam pirish miyada bechira. Let's not kill him because that won't prove anything, says Ruvain. Ubezes sasa omra v'nir mayuchalamosav. Right. This is forget. We'll, we'll see really what how his dreams will come out. Why? There's no raya whether these dreams are supposed to come true or he's somewhat unique and special if we kill him because our Bechira could overcome that. We'll throw him to the animals. But his Baruch Hu won't let him die if he's not supposed to die right now. Sheva al-Tase, not kumvase. So this is a very radical Arachayim HaKadosh. Generally, what we believe is that yes, there is, everybody has Bechir Chashis, but still, nothing's supposed to happen to a person unless it was Nixar from Hashem. We mentioned in the past the uh, thought of the Sefer HaChinuch in Parshish Kedoshim, where the Sefer HaChinuch talks about the, uh, the Avera of Nakama. Avera of Nakama. So he says, how could you not take Nakama? Isn't it so natural? Revenge is so sweet. You know, you want to punch the guy in the face. He punched you in the face. You want to punch him in the face. Isn't Nakama so, so sweet? How could you not take Nakama? So says the, Arachim, says the Sefer HaChinuch. No, there's a big... I'll tell you... It was, it, it, it's a hard... It's a simple svara, but it's a very hard svara to accept. We are both objects and subjects in our life. We are subjects, meaning we have Bechir just to do whatever we want. We could get up and we could talk properly and we can act talk properly and we could eat kosher. And we, we have Bechir HaChashis. We are subjects. But says the Sefer HaChinuch, we are also objects. And as objects, we have no control. Things happen to us. And we have no control of something that was supposed to happen to us. I just have to deal with it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put me in a certain circumstance and I have to react in a certain way as an object. He suddenly punches me in the nose. So he, as a subject, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take care of him. As a subject. But me as an object, I was supposed to get punched in the nose. What, what I'm going to take Nakama from him? No, he was a shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care of him. So it's a simple smara, but it's hard sometimes when we're in the middle of a, of a situation. But that's the Sefer So the, this Archaim HaKadosh is, is very mechudash. To say people at Bechira and that could, look at what is Lashen. That's radical and extreme. That's why it's better to throw them into the animals. But that's what the Archaim said. I'll just give you one makar. I gave you one makar which is against this. And we generally assume, most Mepharshim assume that like the Sefer HaChinuch, like most, that Kodesh Baruch Hu wouldn't let something like that happen. I gave you the Ramban in source number 10 on the halacha of Kasher Zomam. So halacha of Eden Zomamin, two witnesses who come to court and say Reuven killed Shimon. Two other witnesses come and say, Reuven, uh, you couldn't have seen Reuven kill Shimon because you were with us in a different place. So what's the halacha? We give the first witnesses the same punishment that they wanted to give the, the party that they were testifying about. Kasher Zomam Lasos Lachev, like they were trying to um, do to their brother. So the very enigmatic halacha which is a difficult halacha to understand, is kasher zamam velo kasher asa. If they already succeeded in killing Ruvain, then they don't get the punishment. Only if they were trying to do it. If they were trying to kill Ruvain, so then if they get caught, so then they get the punishment. But if they already killed Ruvain, if they had Ruvain killed, and then they come and say, you couldn't have known about it, no, we let them off scot-free. What kind of halacha is that? What kind of halacha is just the opposite? It's illogical. L'chorah. Chas v'shalom. It's not illogical. It's just, might say we don't understand it. So first the Ramban says, first line, source 10, Vatan how could it be? So there are many answers given. If you want to look at another answer, the Kesef Mishnah and Hilchas Eidus, this has, of course, another answer, we're just going to do this Ramban. Source number 10, Vatan Bazeh Bahavur, Ki Mishpat Ha'edem Zomamin Begzeris HaShalat. So first he says, it's Begzeris HaKasif. Ultimately, this is difficult, the Kodesh Baruch Hu says it, that's why we do it. But after saying that, he gives a Svara. He gives a Svara. V'hinei Kasher Yavosh, Na'am V'ya'idu Ha'ruvein Shaharagat Zanefesh, if two people come and say that Reuven killed Shimon, and two other witnesses come and say that they're wrong because they were... I don't know if Reuven killed Shimon, but you couldn't have known about it because you were with us somewhere else. If they tried, we kill them. Why? 
Ki bischuso shel ruvein shahayanaki vitzadik bahamaisa hazeh. You know why the second witnesses came in time? It must be because Reuven's really innocent. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the witnesses come in time. Elohaya Rasha ben Maves. If Reuven really deserved to die, Lo hitzilo Hashem yad bezdin. Hashem wouldn't have saved him. Kasher amarki, lo atzdik Rasha. I will not be matzdik at Rasha. Avalam narog Reuven. But once Reuven was killed, nachshov. We should think, then we think, you know what? If they succeeded, it must be Hashem let it happen. And Hashem wanted it to happen. Hashem would never let such a thing happen. Hashem would never let it. Somebody's lying. Either the two, the second set of witnesses, or you know what? Maybe it's Chaim Yisuf something else. But either way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu would not have let a person who's innocent die. Continue. But oh, the next line. He wouldn't cause the Dayanim to make such a such a egregious mistake. Killing somebody is not Chayamisa. Baruch is involved in every court case, and the Shechina arrests amongst the Dayanim. This is a great Milo amongst our judges. And the promise. Shakarish Barhu maskim al Yadam. Shakarish Barhu is maskim on all that they do. So again, so the underlying message of this Ramban is Shakarish Barhu wouldn't let such a such a thing happen. You know, it was meant to happen. It's meant to happen. That's what we generally assume. Rahman al-Islam, so many so many karbanas throughout Jewish history. When it was uh, it was because the the the, the wicked, you know, uh, all the Rashan throughout history. Stalin and Hitler and all oh, their Bahira Khafshis, it wasn't really meant to happen, but their Bahira overwrote We'd rather we, it's just a very hard concept to accept that. We generally assume that, no, Kodesh Baruch Hu has, has mysterious ways which we don't understand, and if something happens, it was meant to happen for whatever reason. For whatever reason. But that's the Arachayim on Vayetzel Miyadam, at least to mention, mention the Pshat. Okay, next. Let's continue. Let's get back to Yosef's leaving. Yosef's going out to the fields. So we know the story. Back to the, uh, start with Pasik Yud Beis. Perak Lamed Zayin, Pasik Yud Beis. Sheni. The brothers go to Shechem. Fascinating that they went to Shechem, considering last week's parsha. Probably what, what was desolate. They're going to celebrate their, uh, what they did there last parsha. Wasn't so long ago. But they, that's where they went to, to graze their, graze the sheep. Your brothers are in Shechem. Go there. Okay, I'm ready. He says again, go see how they're doing. And he comes to Shechem. So that Yosef. Interesting, in the, throughout this parsha, it's interesting to note when he's called Yisrael and when he's called Yaakov. Here again, he's called Yisrael. Much of, much of this parsha, he's called Yisrael. Yisrael Ahavis Yosef Mikobanov. And then he says, and then he's just called Aviv. He's not called Yisrael or Yaakov, but now he's called Yisrael. Sometimes, my Rabbi Rosenzweig once said, when it has to do with the national side of who he was, he's called Yisrael. When it's the personal actions, he's called Yaakov. The figure of you have to plug in each time uh, to fit in uh, to fit in that that uh, that pattern. But he says, go see your brothers. Halo achecharo im Says source number eleven, Rabbi Yosef Dachem Yekornitzer. The last Rav in Krakow. We're going to do two of his thoughts tonight, which is one of the great darshanim. So first he quotes the Rashi on the pasuk. Quotes the Rashi on the pasuk of Shechem. So Rashi quotes Shvayavo Shechem. He came to Shechem. Rashi quotes Pirush Rashi. He quotes it. Right, Shechem is a place that's muhan for Puranus, for tragedies. Shom Kilkulu Ashvatim. There the brothers were makulkal, meaning they sold Yosef. In Shechem, Sham Inu was Dina. Their Dina was taken. Sham Nechleku Malchus Beis David, and that's where Malchus Beis David later in history split. Two questions. Vitzarach Beard. Question number one. Why? Why is Rashi out of order? Right. If you want to say three things happened to Shechem, go in order. Right. First, the story of Dina happened. Then the brothers sold Yosef, and then David Amelach. So why does it first say Dina? Said, I'm sorry, first it says the Shvatim, and then it says Dina, and then it says Machos Beis David. And he's also bothered, what, what's that word? Go back, he quotes the Pasuk, but we read it. 
Hello, Hello, now your brothers are in Shechem. What's that? What's that word? Adding. Hello, What's that word? What's that? Line seven. Hello, Alahem. Milas Hello, What does that add? Says of Yosef It's possible. Kihen Yada Yaakov Yosef. He knew. Yaakov knew that the brothers were headed in for Yosef. He knew that it might be dangerous. That's one of the big questions. How did he send him to Shem with the brothers? Yaakov. You know what Yaakov thought? What happened in Shem? One story happened in Shem. The brothers were most nefesh for their sister there. So you know what that place might symbolize? Achdus. Mesiris nefesh for a sibling. Love for a sibling. Giving of yourself for a sibling. This place where they where Shimon and Levi gave of themselves. And it's even interesting, we didn't focus on it last week, but at the end of the conversation, so Yaakov starts screaming at his sons, right? You are and who gets the last word though? Shimon and Levi say, End of discussion. The Torah doesn't say Yaakov had an answer to that. So we don't know really, did he accept the answer? It just ends. It ends. So the pasuk ends. So did Yaakov accept? So it says of Yosef the Cornister, it could be that at the end of the day, after the dust settled, Yaakov says, you know what? They stood up for my daughter. And they were Moser Nefesh. That's brotherhood. That's a family. So Makum Sham Yashkisu Rachmi Ha'ach. So he says that's that, that this is they're gonna sell Yosef. No, it can't be. Can't be Shem. Shem is all about brotherhood. Brotherhood standing up for your sibling. They're in Shem now, you know, Yosef, go there. Go to Shem, you know, make up with make up with your brothers there. Vizesh Amar Yaakov, Halo Achekharoim. Right now they're in Shechem. Meaning, don't worry about it. Because there's definitely not going to be a problem here. Line three. As I mentioned, Yaakov obviously had, had difficulty dealing with what Shimon and Levi did. But Amnam, but after the dust settled, once he realized there are kavanas, the So he realized, you know what? It's not so bad. Yotza have seido bischaro, which is the opposite of sometimes the Gemara sometimes says yotza bischaro have seido. But here yotza have the bischaro at shekimat lo nechshav od inoi dina leinoi. He didn't consider it a tragedy anymore, because of course it was a tragedy. But you know what? It was, that's bottle of miyut, because now look what happened. The family came together in such an extreme way because of that story. So we didn't consider it a tragedy anymore. The brothers came together. So he sends it to Shechem. But what happens then? What happens then? Now, look what happens, the tragedy. Once the brothers sell Yosef there, you know what he realizes? He didn't realize it, but history realizes that that wasn't a place of brotherhood. That didn't start anything. It was a one-time thing. And really, it wasn't something that should subsume the tragedy. Because there wasn't Achva created there. Because that's what they did to Yosef. So once the brothers sold Yosef, Lebafreya now is realized that what happened to Dina is still a tragedy. What happened to Dina shouldn't be looked at as, oh, it could be pushed under the rug because of the Achva that was created. No, no, no. And he says, no, Ata, now you know it's a tragedy, and that's why Rashi is out of order. Because first you have the brother selling Yosef. Once that occurs, now it could be called an Inu Yavdina. Because now it's a tragedy, because now Yaakov Avinu says, Oi, you didn't know the brother sold him. But history attests to the fact, right, where the Medrash is talking, now you could say, this is a tragedy, and Malchus Beit David is a tragedy. That's why the right is out of order, and that's Halalachacha, right now. Halal is like presently, right now, go to Shem. Isn't that a good thing? Okay. Continuing the story, so he sends it to Shem. And as the Torah says, a couple of more thoughts. So the Torah says, go see the Shlomachecha. Pasuk Tezvav. Vayim Ehu Ish. A man, he finds a man. Vayim Ehu Ish. Or a man finds him. 
He was he was wandering in the field. The ish asks, "Can I help you?" I'm looking for my brothers. I'm looking for them. Where are they? Where are they shepherding? And the ish says, They left. I heard they went to Dosan, and he goes and finds them in in Dosan. So he's looking for his brothers. Who was this mysterious ish? So Rashi says, who was the ish? Ze Gavriel. Shenemar Boha Ish Gavriel. As it says in Daniel, this ish was Gavriel. If you turn back for a moment, turn back to Pasik in the two weeks ago's parsha. Actually in last week's parsha. Vayishlach. Perak Lamid Bays. Yaakov goes back for the Pachim Ketanim. And Pasik Chafhei. Paraklamid base Pasachafei. Vayvaser Yaakov Lovado. Yaakov was left alone. Vayeavek Ish Imo Adalos Vashachar. In Ish fights with him until the morning. Vayarki lo yacholo. Vayiga b'chavirecho. And he touches him. Vayomer shalchei nikiyala shachar. Vayomer lo shalechacha. Kiem beyachtani. Doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. Any there's no description of who he's fighting with except for the word Ish. That's it. Vayomer mashamecha. Vayomer Yaakov. Vayomer lo Yaakov. Shouldn't be Yaakov. It should be Yisrael. Vayishal Yaakov Vayomer Hagidon Hashemecha. Tell me your name. Vayomer Lama Zetashal Lashmi. Vayevar Chiv Mabracha. Who was this Ish? He was also a Malach, but he wasn't the Malach later on. Who was this Ish? So Rashi quotes Sarah Shal Esav. Esav's angel. So when do you know that an Ish is Gavriel, and when do you know that an Ish is Sarah Shal Esav? It says the same Ish in the Torah. So when is an Ish Sarah Shal Esav, and when is an Ish Gavriel? Says the Sansa Rebbe. Source 12. Quoted in the Yotzvah Satorah. Be'er Rebbe Chaim Isan, Zatzal, line 8. Imroim ish shabala azor v'lasos chesed, simish azeo malak gavriel. If somebody on the street offers help, that's a malak gavriel. When is an ish an ish? When is he a gavriel? When he's offering help. Amnam imroim ish shemavakshim imenu bracha, v'hum esari v'tayna, jazorach lo marshira, but if somebody is trying to get out of responsibilities, not get, not offering help, but just starting starting up with you and then running away, so that's Sarshal Esav. An Ish is somebody, an Ish Zegavriel is somebody who offers help. An Ish is Sarshal Esav when they decline offering help and they decline even giving brachas. And the Osir there even quotes a story, a Sipur Nifla, from a different Admor. A certain Admor came to a city, Shalohai Mukaraslo, he didn't know, and he was running. He was running to find the shul. Continuing the next source. He didn't know where the shul was. He was running down the streets. He didn't know where the shul was. He sees another Jew running. So he asks the Jew, he says, Where's the shul? You know where the shul is? But the Jew, before he even heard the question, he says, I'm sorry, i got to run. I'm running to shul. And he runs to shul. So the Adma realized that he should just run after this guy, because that way he'll be able to find the shul. So he finds the shul there, and finally the Adma comes to the Jew and says, I have one Shiloh. He has our Shiloh. He says, Ish over here, Vayavah Gishimo, and Chazal says, Ish over here, and he says, Ish over here, and he says, Malach Gavriel. What's the difference? How did Chazal know? Mine 13, Vachuvahi, he says, it's already Marumaz in the Psukim. In Ba'oreach La'ir, what happened, what did Gavriel, what did the Ish here do? He sees him wandering, he says, Matavakesh. He goes and asks him a question. That's an Ish Gavriel. In Baal Reach Lair, if somebody comes to a city, Mavakish Lagir, he's trying to find a place, and somebody comes and he sees that he's wandering and he's looking. He goes, How are you? What are you looking for? Can I help you? Maybe you can help him. That's a Malach Gavriel. But there's an Otsuk Shalish. Where's the base says? He says, Sorry, I gotta run. I gotta run to Davin. I gotta run to say Shira. Sarah Shalesav was going to say Shira. That's why he was running. That's the Sarah that, that argued with Esav. And Chazal said, he gives man alomar Shira. And that's why he doesn't have time to give a bracha. We all have to try to be Ishes that are offering help. Ish ze Gavriel, not Ish ze Sarah Shalesav. Okay. There's another idea. The following idea is a Rashbam. Really, it's a topic of a separate Shira. But I'll just give you the Rashbam. Give me the Rashbam. 
And then we will uh, maybe come back to it in future weeks when we talk about, hopefully we'll talk about just the sale of Yosef itself and the whole story of why Yosef didn't reveal himself. Hopefully we'll get back to that at a future point. Let's look at the Pesukim for a minute. Go back to the Pesukim of where Yosef was thrown into the pit. Yosef was thrown into the pit in Pasach Chavbeis, Lamezayin Chavbeis. So what happens? They, they dip his kutonis in blood. They throw him into the pit. And the pit did not have water. They sit to eat bread. They have a meal. Yosef's in the pit. And they're having a, a suda. And they lifted up their eyes and they see Ah, is an Ishmaelite caravan that's coming from Gilad. So let's focus on who focus on the Psukim. Right? And Archas Ishmaelim is coming from Gilad, and the camels are carrying all these wonderful spices. So they're sitting having a suda. Remember. So Yehuda says to his brother, Why should we kill our brother if Khisinu was Damo? You know what? I have a simpler solution. You see that Ishmaelite caravan? Let's sell him to them. And let's not touch him. He is our brother. And they, and they listen to him. Wonderful. Next Pasuk. Who passes by? Midyanim merchants. And they pull him up. And they pull Yosef up from the pit. And they sell Yosef to the Ishmaelim for 20 kasef, 20 silver. And they bring Yosef to Mitzrayim. So this is, an, this is an amazing example of reading the Psukim and thinking about what we've been taught since first grade and what Rovri Shonim accepts. And when you look at the Psukim carefully, as the Rashbam does, Pashtan, the Rashbam writes, oh, I should have photos that it, the first Rashbam in Pashtan Vayeshev. He says, I'm going to give Pshuto Shomikra, and that's the purpose of my whole Sefer that I'm writing. And he writes, if my grandfather, my grandfather told me, Rashbam's grandfather's Rashi, Rashbam and Rabbeinu were brothers. They were sons of the daughter of Rashi. The Rashbam writes, if my, my grandfather told me, if he had more time in his life, he would have written his commentary on Chumash over again, more connected to Pshuto Shomikra. That's what he quotes his grandfather. So the Rashbam did a lot of that. So the Rashbam says, if you look closely, there is not a Pasuk in this Parsha that says that the brothers sold Yosef. What does it say? They see a Ishmaelite caravan coming. And they say, you know what? Let's sell them to the Ishmaelites. What's Pasuk Chavches? Just read and translate it. Anashim Midyanim merchants came by. They, the ambiguous they, they pulled him up. Who's the Pasuk talking about? Who's the Pasuk talking about here? The Midyanim Socharim, says the Rashbam. They pulled him up. The brothers, we'll read it in a minute, were sitting. They, they probably don't want to sit right next to Yosef. Imagine trying to, to, to chomp on a piece of steak. Help! Get me out of here! There are snakes and scorpions here! Don't eat! So they don't want to sit right next to the pit. So they, they went a couple of yards away, a couple of meters away. They're sitting there. They don't want to think about their brother. And all of a sudden, they see in the distance, oh, the Ishmaelim are coming. You know what? Let's sell them, okay? Let's have dessert first. But meanwhile, meanwhile, another caravan comes by. Midyanim, Midanim, Midyanim, pulled caught here, and then they pulled him up, and they took, they pulled Yosef from the bar, and they sold him to the Ishmaelim. So the Midyanim sold him to the Ishmaelim. Says the Rashbam, that's Pshutol Shemikra. Says the Rashbam, I gave it to you in source, the next source, in source sixteen. No, not source sixteen. Where is it? Source fourteen. Source fourteen. Says the Rashbam. As the brothers were eating bread. And they were a little far from the pit. Why? Right, that's the Lofsochu al-Adam is an Averi. Now, Bez is not allowed to eat on a day that they put somebody to death or other things learned out from that. They were waiting for the Yishmaelim to come closer. So they'll sell them to the Yishmaelim. Meanwhile, the Kodem Shebo HaYishmaelim Avru Anashim Midyanim Acherim Derech Sham. This is, a, by the way, a great topic for a Friday night cheer about the brothers saying, well, safe. So the Midyanim saw him in the pit, they pulled him out, 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 they p
Yadu. They didn't even know. This fits in perfectly to Vayeshev. There is a problem with the Pasuk in Vayigash. Because in Vayigash, Yosef says, I am your brother that you sold to Misraim. That doesn't fit in so well. So says the Rashbam, you caused me to be sold to Mitzrayim. That's what you could say. That's him. Okay, obviously Chazal and, and the other Mepharshim say that you just got to put in another subject in the Psukim where it says, that means the brothers, which who they were talking about beforehand. You know, it might be like, well, the brothers were so far away, they didn't see this other caravan coming. Rather the desert, where they were on another mountain. But again, just fascinating to see this Rashbam and to to see how 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 closely he he reads the psukim, at least food for thought in terms of the uh, the brother selling. Yeah. Yashav Ruvain returned to the pit, but again, Chazal say Ruvain, maybe Ruvain, right? So according to this pshat, you don't even have to say about the measures that Ruvain went back home to Yaakov to take care of him. Ruvain was the first brother back. He informs the brothers. In the right. And he comes to the brothers. Where is he? But the problem is that Reuben was the one that said to throw him into the pit. Right? Where am I going to go? Unless he could just say that. He was upset. He was upset. They took it and they... And they uh, right here it just says that Reuben... Reuben was the one that said it and he was the first brother back. He wasn't there. Right? It fits in. fits in beautifully to Parshas Vayeshev. Okay, you got to work out Machartem and all the Madrashim and the Chazals. Obviously, they caused it. They caused it. Let's sell him, but they ended up not. They they were sitting eating. Let's sell him to the Yishmaelim. So what are the Midyanim doing there in Pasach Havches? Why can't they do sales? They're they were sold four times. But all of a sudden, let's sell them, and then right away the Midyanim come in. What are the Midyanim doing there? It doesn't say they did anything according to according to the everyone else. What did Midyanim do? They they pulled them up and they sold them to the Yishmaelim. So the Midyanim did nothing here. They just mentioned. Oh, by the way, there was another caravan passing by. According to Rosh Bam, it fits in perfectly. Or some say maybe the Mizyanim wore the Yishmaelim. Either way, it's it's an uh, interesting pshat. Okay, let's get through one more. One more idea. Again, from Yosef Nechemia. Later on in the parsha, okay, we didn't get to Yudah and Tamar this year. Hopefully, at a future date. But uh, towards the end of the parsha, we have the story with Yosef and Eshes Potiphar. Yosef and Eshes Potiphar. Again, Yosef has this magical ability to find chain in the eyes of wherever he is. He's always getting into trouble. But it's amazing. He comes to Mitzrayim, everybody loves him. His brothers hate him. Isn't that amazing? That he's, he's great outside the house. For right when he's with his siblings, it's crazy. You know, everything, some of us can relate. But, the, uh, but oh, he goes, he's with his house, he can't. He goes to Mitzrayim, everybody loves him. He goes to the jail, everybody loves him. He has this, he has this magic about him, this chain. So, even Potiphar loves him. Potiphar loves him, and then Aisha's Potiphar makes up a whole story. But there's one Pasik that I, I wanted to focus on that Rav Yosef Nechemia focuses on as well. Um, Pasik, Perak Lamitas, Pasik Lamid, Pasik Vav. Lamitas Vav. Says the Psukim, Bayazov, Kalasher, Lobia, Yosef, Potiphar left, left everything that was his in the hand of Yosef. Veloyada ito meuma ki im halechem asher hu ochel. So how do we usually understand that? That Potiphar gave him everything, he was in control of everything except his wife. And Lechem is Lashon Nikiya, Rashi says. His bread, what does it mean? His bread, it means his wife. That's what Rashi says. Rashi says, He didn't focus on anything. Who's the subject of Veloyada? Potiphar. He didn't focus, he didn't know anything. The only thing that Potiphar knew was his wife. Rashi says, He ishto. El the subject of this sentence is Potiphar and talking about Yosef. Potiphar didn't know anything except for the bread that he ate, meaning the wife that he had, everything else he let Yosef take care of. Head of Yosef Nechemia, a drash. A drash, which though has tremendous messages for us. Source 15. Ayin Pirish Rashi. Kimilas halachem hulash I can take lechem literally, it means bread. And let me give you a pshat. What does a good guest say? 
A good guest says, oh, everything the Balabayas did was for me. Voreach ra lahefech. And the oreach ra is the opposite. What does that mean? What's a good guest and what's a bad guest? Dahainu. Keep Amazon or Chazal. Chazal tell us, Yosem imasha balabayas, Osem ha'ani ha'ani, Osem abalabayas. The Medrash says, the guest, the host thinks that he's giving the guest something. It's really just the opposite. Stuck about the usher thinks he's giving the ani something. No, no, no. The ani is giving the usher much more, because the usher or the host is just giving something right now, temporal olam hazeh. But the ani is giving the usher olam haba. When somebody is ma'afshir me to do a mitzvah, he allows me to do a mitzvah. He makes it possible. He's giving me much more. So the guest is really giving the host much more. The hari balabais in an osin loyal of muat. What's the balabais giving him? Food. But he's giving me Gemilas Chesed. He's giving me Achnas Azarchim. Even in Olam Hazer, the Balabayas gets his uh, his Nechasim blessed, etc. Line two, the second next column. Really, the Oni shouldn't have to say thanks. Why? Because he's giving much more to the Balabais than the Balabais is giving to him. But you know what? A good guest says, the Balabais is doing everything for me. Meaning, in a relationship, the guest focuses on what he's getting and not what he's giving. That's a good guest. Oh, so what? I'm giving the Balabais Olam Abba. But look what he's given me. And that's the focus. And that's a good guest. I don't focus on what I'm giving him. Nimsa hu asayimi. Look what he did for me. Avalani lo asisi imamuma. I didn't do anything for him. That's oreach tov omer. Kamash atorak balabayis l'dorach ela bishvili lanasi. Even though the guest is giving so much more, he only focuses on what he's getting out of it. And what's an oreach ra? Look what I'm giving him. I'm giving him everything. What's he giving me? He's giving me some some ochel, some shtiya. He's not giving me anything. The focus being on how much he gives, not how much he gets. That's the Gemara in Brachas. Says of Yosef, the you're turning over. It's the same thing with an Eved. An Eved Ne'eman and an Eved She'eno Ne'eman. A servant. A servant. What does he focus on? Does his servant focus on that he gets house and board? Board and food? A servant might, you know, gets a, gets a place to sleep. He gets a lot of other things. Or does a servant focus, you know how much I do for this guy? You know how hard I work for him? You know, you know how much he should appreciate me? Right. So that's an Eved Ra. An Eved Tov is, you know what he gives me? He gives me food. He gives me a place to sleep. He gives me, he lets me be part of his family. Oh, anything I do for him is like nothing in comparison. The focus on what he gets and not what he gives. That's Zeha Achron, mine too. A, be, a negative Eved. There's a focus on the Balabais gives him bread. You know what I do for him? A good and a bad neighbor, right? You know how much I, I lend them things. It's you know how many times I, you know how many times they came to ask me for sugar. You know how many times they asked me for change. You know what I do for them? I'm such a good neighbor. And how about all the other times, right? In every relationship, we'll get that in a second. Let's first first finish. He says maybe that's a deeper shine in this pasuk. Yosef is the subject of the phrase. Yosef could have thought the whole Mitzrayim became his barach because of me. And there's so much brach I gave to, to Potiphar. There's so much bracha. So Yosef could have felt you know how much I did for him. No, no, no. Yosef didn't focus on, he didn't know anything except the bread that he ate. Oh, Potiphar gives me bread. He gives me some food. He gives me some nourishment. That's what Yosef, because Yosef was an Evan Naman. Although he switched, not like Rashi, that the subject is Potiphar. But the subject is Yosef, line 16. He gave me food. So I have to serve him with all my koach. Yosef was always happy. He wasn't upset. He didn't feel a bit like a burden. And that's what even fits into the next Pasek. What the next Pasek? Yosef fixed up his hair. You know what the connection is? Because he was always looking at it as, oh, it's great to work for this guy. It wasn't a burden. It wasn't a heavy job. That's why he was always he He looked great. He looked like it was light, it was a light load. It wasn't heavy. It says of Yosef Nechemya, this applies Musar Haskell in every relationship. He applies it to the relationship between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and and the person. 
when we think about what we do for our you know how many mitzvahs I do? You know what I do for him? No, what we have to focus on is what we get out of the relationship, not what we give to the relationship. And he says it applying, he says it um, applying to Kodesh Baruch Hu and a person, but obviously it could apply to a spousal relationship as well. Right? The, 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 the most beautiful relationship is when each of the spouses focus on what they get out of the relationship and not what they give to the relationship. When they put the other person in the center and when they realize that they, you know how much I get? Wow. You know what she does for me? You know what he does for me? That answers all Shalom Bayez problems. Every Shalom Bayez problem, the root of it could be, you know, because the person is focusing on, unless obviously there's an egregious problem, but generally, you know, any normal, you know, tiff uh, between them is focused on the fact that one of the spouses is focusing on what they give and not what they get. And if the focus is on what they get and how much they get, they're not getting, they're not giving more than Yosef gave and how, they're not getting less than the Potiphar gave him. And it says, That applies to our relationship with our Kodesh Baruch Hu, our relationship with our spouses, our relationship with our friends, our neighbors. We've got to focus on, focus on what we get out of it and not what we give to it. And in that way, the relationships could all be mutzlach. Okay, we'll have to stop here. You can look at the Mishkan B'Tzalel, which is, uh, talks about uh, Tamar and Ishes Potifar and, and others. But um, we will stop here. By the Shem, next week will be uh, Parshas Mikates. And hopefully we'll touch on, uh, touch on Hanukkah as well.